I absolutely love when our church gets all together. We have these three separate services here at Salem, the 8.30, the 9.30, and then the 10.45 hour. And I love it when our church family comes together as one because I get to see all of your faces at the same time and see your smiles. And you are my abundant blessing. Uh, we are so excited to have our picnic today. You know, it's a time in which we all get together to have that fried chicken and that fellowship. And our Connection Church will be over to join us. And we have this opportunity for you to do exactly what we've been talking about. To get to know someone that you don't know. To build a bridge in that life and faith. And so we're excited to give you this opportunity. In this series, we've been talking a little bit about what it means to build bridges in our lives. That first week we talked about building that bridge in our everyday life and our faith. That um, those who follow Christ, there are no separations in life. Life is not compartmentalized. That our life in work, our life in community, our life in family and relationships is who we are in Jesus Christ. Amen? That's who we are. We're created to be in relationship with one another. We're created in God's image and God's love. And so to live that in our everyday life. The Apostle Paul says we are to live our lives sacrificially. Paul's letter to the church in Rome talks about that. We've been talking about that in the, in the lens of the message uh, it's an everyday language when he says to, to the letter in Rome to take our everyday, ordinary life, our sleeping, eating, going to work, and walking around life and place it before God as an offering. As those who proclaim our identity as a disciple in Jesus Christ, we have one job. That one job is to love God and to love others. Do you see the symbolism of the cross in that? To love God and to love others. Jesus said, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the greatest and first commandment. And the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. So as we live out our everyday life in this commandment, we are proclaiming the gospel. We preach the gospel in our actions, in our speech, our service, and our commitments. Our everyday decisions are preaching the gospel. But I have, I have to ask, I must ask, which gospel? Do our decisions and our commitments preach the gospel of Jesus Christ or the gospel of our own desires? It's a good self-reflection question, isn't it? Simon Peter, James, and John find themselves on the lakeshore at a pivotal point in which they have to make a decision. They can stay there by the lakeside and experience the blessing of abundance for themselves. Or they can follow Jesus and experience the abundance of blessings as they share the gospel of Jesus Christ. Any fishermen or women out there today? Anybody want to admit it? <laughs> Truck, I know you're a fisherman. I've heard your stories. Right? 
Well, if so, you know what it feels like to come back with nothing, right? Truck, I've never heard you talk about coming back with nothing. There's always a fish involved when you're telling the story. You know how it feels to come back with nothing, though, if you're a fisherman. Um, when I go fishing with Joe, now that's not very often because that means that I have to get up very early in the morning, actually before the sun comes up, and I have to get on a boat, and, you know, there's worms involved, and, and just all kinds of things. And, and so, you know, I, I don't often go with him, but when I do, I'm the one usually that never gets a bite. I spend the morning usually practic practicing my casting, trying not to hit the weeds or the rocks or the sticks that I usually hit and get caught up, and then Joe has to stop what he's doing and untangle my line. You know the story. I usually end up going to sleep in the front of the boat. Thank goodness my family does not depend upon my fishing skills or we would have starved by now. I'm hoping that my grandson picked up his papa's skills instead of mine because he's on a Boy Scout trip this weekend and he's actually fishing for his supper. So pray that he picked up papa's skills and not teas. But however, the, the fishermen in this story, however, are fishing for their living. And after a night of coming up empty, they're feeling pretty low. They're tired, defeated, and their nets are empty. Now Jesus approaches as they are putting everything away. They're washing the nets, they're putting everything up, and, and Jesus kind of comes up to them and says, the crowds are pressing in, meaning they're moving so close in on Jesus, they're wanting to hear every word of his teaching, so much so that they're moving him to the shoreline. The crowds are pressing in. So he says, Simon, Peter, may I get on your boat and kind of move out just a little way so that I might sit and teach. That's what a rabbi did. He, he would sit and he would teach. And so the, the water and the, and the um, or atmosphere, the hill around, made a natural amphitheater for him to speak. Now, we have no idea, the scripture does not tell us how long he taught or what he taught on that day, but I have to imagine that Peter, James, and John are listening. After all, they're getting a front row seat, so to speak, on this whole time with Jesus. So after Jesus is done teaching, he doesn't ask them to go back to shore as they expected. He instead asks them, to go out a little deeper. Move out into the deeper water, Jesus says. Now I know my reaction would have been, are you serious? I'm tired. I've put everything away. I've washed the nets. We didn't catch anything, Jesus, so I really don't want to keep this up, but Something that Jesus said or did in that time of teaching must have given Peter hope. Because his response wasn't what mine would have been. He says, Master, we've worked hard all night and caught nothing, but because you say so, I'll drop the nets. Because you say so, I will. 
You ever been there? Jesus has called you. God has called you to be a part of something that you weren't really sure you wanted to be a part of. But because he said so, you did. Joe and I have been there so many times over our marriage. When we were just 23 years old, we moved to Texas for a job. Now, that was not something we really wanted to do. That meant moving away from home. This is home for us. That meant moving away from home. That meant moving away from friends. But that's what God was calling us to do at that point. That was very evident, and so we did. And that is when the blessings began. Blessings of friendships that we will have for the rest of our lives. The blessing of learning to lean in on each other during difficult times. Away from friends and family. To, to lean in to each other that only strengthened our marriage. Then came the call to, to ministry. We both wrestled with that. And we both accepted it and all the sacrifices that went along with it. And in the midst of this, the blessings were abundant. We were raising two children. I was going to seminary and we were trying to make ends meet. And yet we began to tithe and to give in proportion to our income. Joe's faith was such an example to me over this time because there would be points along in our journey that I would say, well, you know, we can't afford it this month. Just we'll, we'll not pay the church this month. We'll pay what? And Joe would say, no, this is our commitment. Now, we weren't perfect in our giving. We didn't start out at that 10%. We worked ourselves up to it. But it was faithful and it was giving and in the midst of it, the blessings were abundant. Because you say so, I will. Maybe you've had this experience as well. Maybe God's been calling you to be a part of a mission experience that you weren't so sure about. It means coming out of the comfort zone and, and you weren't really tickled to, to get that call. But you went, and in it, the, abundant, the blessings were abundant. Maybe you felt that call and that nudge to be a part of a Bible study for the first time in your life, and it's a little scary. But you say, because you say so, Lord, I will. And in that moment, the scriptures are coming alive and you're learning so much and you're excited about what God has in store for you and the blessings are abundant. Maybe you're called to serve in Haven Street Ministry and serve a meal and, and kind of step out of that comfort zone and, and be in the community and, and our South City site that is different than ours. And so God's calling you to be a part of that. And, and you stepped out and you said, yes, I will, Lord, because you said so, I will. And you stepped out and you did it. And the blessings, what, church, are abundant. Sometimes you have to move into the deep water church to receive the blessing. Water that may be even a little scary. Water that may be a little risky. Sometimes you have to keep on trying 
even though the previous times your nets have come up empty. Even though you are tired of trying and all you want to do is give up, sometimes it takes that one more try and it comes back full in abundance, the blessings of God. And when we respond as Peter did, because you say so, Lord, I will, that's when we experience the grace and the abundance of God. I read in one of my devotionals this week, if we wait for a perfect set of circumstances, we will never begin at all. If we want a miracle, we must take Jesus at his word when he bids us to attempt the impossible. Simon Peter goes out into the deep water and he lets the net down one more time and that's when it happens. You heard in the scripture reading today, they had to fill two boats full of fish. Now truck, that's a fish story. (laughs) More than he had, he said. They had to fill two boats of fish. You know the disciples have been waiting all their lives to tell that story. You know that that's been something that they've been longing for all their lives. And yet when the boat is full of fish right in front of them, they know there's something else in life more important. The truth is a person can have full nets but still have an empty life. That's exactly what Peter experiences. I love how Reverend Coombs talks about this story. He says, he points out that the reason Peter fell at Jesus' knees and not at his feet was because there were so many fish in the boat. They were literally knee deep in the abundance of God's blessings. All because Peter said, because you say so, I will. I think life is like that, out in the deep and in the shallows of life. It's sort of like a swimming pool or a lake where some parts are shallow and you can see the bottom. And there are deep parts in which you can't see and can't even touch. Shallow parts are safe to splash around in. But the deep parts, you have to trust in faith. You have to trust in the one that holds you. Shallow parts are safe, but the deep parts, they have a little bit of risk involved. Once you put out into the deep water, though, everything changes, right? You have to live by faith. Jesus wants us to step into that boat with him just like Peter did and to put out into the deep water, the deep water of our faith. You know, it's sometimes said that the miracles of Jesus are parables in action. They teach us a lesson. Surely, Jesus used this miracle of of a boat full of blessings in that fashion. He said, do not be afraid. He told the frightened Simon Peter, from now on, you'll be catching people. Jesus had just built a bridge, church, 
He'd built a bridge of life in faith using a boat full of fish. Would you say you are living your life in the shallow end or the deep end today? How can a life in the deep bless your life? Think about that for a second. How can a life in the deep bring about the blessings of God? How can you be a blessing to others? How can it build, how can this life in the deep build a bridge to friends, family, community? In Galatians chapter 3, verse 26, Paul writes to them, In Christ Jesus, you are all children of God through faith. All of us are God's children, loved by God. Don't you think about your own life if you have a child of your own? Don't you want the best for them? Right? God wants the best for us. He wants to pour upon blessing upon blessing. As he tells, as Paul tells the church in Rome, the Lord is Lord of all and is generous to all who call on him. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. That's the promise, church, for those of us who are willing to put out into the deep water. That's the promise for those of us who say, because you say so, Lord, what? I will. So for those of us today who are part of the Salem faith family, you know we make commitments to God each and every year, and we place them on the altar. If you're visiting with us here today, we invite you to just have a time of prayer during this next part of worship. But for those of us who are a part of the family of faith of Salem, we're called to step into the deep water today. To listen for God's voice. Say, what would you have of me today, O oh God? None of us know what the future holds, right? But as disciples of Jesus Christ, we know who we are. We know who holds us and who swims along with us in this life of faith. We're called to build bridges. Bridges that take people from here to there. Bridges that provide a meal or a helping hand or a flood bucket when the waters rise high. We're called to serve, to give of our time, our prayers and our worship and our commitments.